Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Punnett Podcast. I am one half of your host, TJ Thomas, and with me, as always, is my host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. How's it going, everybody? So, like I said, this is the second episode. Uh, we are looking to do a review of the 2020 NFC South Division. And, you know, let's uh, start off the day, though, by going over uh, the news that broke yesterday. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, March 2nd. Uh, March 1st, it came out that J.J. Watt is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Chris, kind of give me some of your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, he said he wanted to go to contender. I don't think that they're necessarily a contender. I mean, because they got San Francisco in the division who can be really good if they stay healthy. They got Seattle, who they've proven they can be good if that offensive line can protect. Um, I would have liked to seen him go to Green Bay, but with that two-year, $31 million deal and $23 million of it guaranteed, I'm kind of glad he didn't. I don't think we could have afforded that. But, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a big price tag there. I'm still more surprised he didn't go play with his two brothers in Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh's a contender, you're with your brothers, and I know that sounds like the easy way to kind of do a cop-out picking of the team, but, I mean, the story's written there. I, I I highly doubt there's ever been a team that would have been having three brothers on one team, and I'm not going to bother checking that, because that'd be such a weird stat to figure out. But I, I'm sure it, it's never been done before. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't ever believe that has been done. Uh, you know, and I was kind of reading some things, you know, yeah, he'll be opposite of, uh, you know, he'll be on the same line as like Chandler Jones. Um, I just, I don't see it being a good fit. I, I think Arizona is trying to turn to Houston 2.0, so be ready for them to hire Bill O'Brien as a GM next week. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> and then immediately trade DeAndre Hopkins. But I just. Yeah, get Hopkins out of here. You know, <laughs> it was mentioned that it was Green Bay. It was uh, Cleveland there for a bit, and it was either Buffalo or Tennessee. And then Arizona out of nowhere? I mean, we'll see if it works. I mean, good on J.J. Watt for, I I guess, putting himself out there and testing free agency. I know a lot of people wouldn't have done that, but and he's still going to be getting on an average of $15.5 million a year, which is insane. Yeah, I wish I was rich. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) But... To to me, as a head-scratcher, I know to a lot of people I talk to as a head-scratcher, I don't think anyone really saw that coming, especially not to Arizona. I I think everyone knew that he was going to be leaving uh, Houston. That that was just the writing was on the wall. There's going to be no doubt there. But Arizona? I mean, this this brings me back to Urinating Trees video, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, Chris. I'll send it to you later. Uh, When they talked about Arizona just being the retirement home of the NFL. And I, I think this is it. I, I, I think he's right. This is just, you know, the, the Cardinals have a trend of chasing past their prime players and giving them a boatload of money. And, you know, it's not saying J.J. Watt still isn't like a top 10 defensive end in the league and I'm calling him past his prime, but he's not the J.J. Watt that was getting, what, 10, 11 sacks a year at a minimum, winning defensive players of the year. Or do you think this is more of a, hey, Aaron Donald, I see you over there thinking you're the best offensive player. I'm coming to your division. Let's see who does better. No, I think this is just kind of him going where the money was, to be honest with you. I mean, they have a decent team, yeah, but I don't think they have a Super Bowl-capable winning team. 
and that's it's not a knock on Kyler, but I think it's just because of Kyler's lack of experience, not just in the NFL, but in the playoffs as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's still to be seen if the air raid offense is going to work in the NFL. Sure, it worked at uh, you know college level, but can it work in the NFL whenever people know, hey, we don't have to worry about stacking the box because they aren't going to run the ball. But yeah, we still have to have the issue of covering DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and the likes of them, you know? Yeah, it's just, I got to stay healthy. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald played like, like nine games this year. And that, that really hurts them because he's, I mean, he's a little bit past his prime, yes, but he's still a threat to most defenses. And you put him in the game and you have DeAndre on the other side, and then it's like, who do you cover? Um, and the big news that broke while we were off, I don't really think there was one. The Carson Wentz thing broke the day before our first episode there. We kind of touched that in the first episode. Uh, Chris, I can't think of any other big news that broke while we were uh, on our week break. Did you? Uh, not that I have seen or heard about. Okay. Personally. So then let's just jump straight into our NFC South uh, division review in 2020. Uh, the NFC South, um, you know, we called the, the NFC East the Trash Master Division. I've called this the Old Goat Division uh, because you have arguably two of the best quarterbacks that I've played in, in my lifetime. Um, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And, yes, they aren't what they were. They were still pretty good. Breeze was a question mark. Um, but let's go straight to the Saints. Um, and looking at their stats, you know, for a receiving core that boasts Michael Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas wasn't really a factor um, in the uh, receiving game. He is, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, fifth. And I know he was hurt. And I, he only played seven games and still racked up 438 yards. But. This is going to be an issue of Michael Thomas, uh, you know, these issues happening. Like Alvin Kamara was your biggest receiver this year. And to me, I'm I, I, looking at this from a non-perspective. Like I know he played one more game than Sanders did. Sanders missed time of COVID. But that's unacceptable. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the situation down there in New Orleans is with Michael Thomas, but uh, they got to get it figured out. Because I think, I, I think there was some – some bad blood in the water between Thomas and the coaching staff throughout the season. And I'm not sure if that hindered his playing time along with his injury or, or what, but I mean, yeah, if you're Michael Thomas last year, you were, you broke the record for catches in a season and then you come out next season and play seven games, rack up 40 receptions for 438 yards. That's, that's not very good. And it, a little bit of it falls on Drew Brees because he was kind of the Tom Brady-style quarterback this year. He rarely threw it deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just kind of checked down five, ten-yard routes. and it, he, Yeah, he rarely chucked it deep. and that I think that really hurt that Saints offense, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, the Saints overall, they weren't a bad team. I mean, you're looking at Drew Brees. He had 2,942 passing yards. Um, Taysom Hill had 928. Uh, Jameis Winston had 75. Uh, Kamar had 932 rushing yards. I would have pegged him having more, but he also had 756 receiving yards. Like, that's big. Um, you know, was Drew Brees what he was the past few years? No. Um, and still at the time of recording, I don't think he's officially, officially retired yet. I think it's still, has he, or am I, am I 
misreading that. Uh, nah, it, it's still up in the air whether he's going to retire or not. And that's what I thought. I thought like I thought it was like all but a foregone conclusion. But I mean, he's still signed for a few more years. Yeah, I I think like two more years is what he signed for. You know, so if you're the Saints and you're Saints fans, do you look at this year with Michael Thomas as like? you know what, everyone's entitled to a down year. Maybe he'll get his head on together, and he'll bounce back and be the number one wide receiver in football, number two wide receiver in football behind DeAndre Hopkins. And maybe that boost up your – I mean, they still went 12-4. and four, Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's not that's not a bad record at all for not and, having Michael Thomas most of the season. You know, it, it looks like their offensive line did great. They only gave up 29 sacks this year. Uh, they lost almost 200 yards. They lost 187 yards in sack yard losses. Um, they had 28 touchdowns versus eight interceptions. That's incredible. Um, longest throw was 52 yards by Drew Brees, another great thing. Um, but you can definitely tell the catalyst of this team was Alvin Kamara. He had 21 of their touchdowns between rushing and receiving. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good stat for him to have. But, I mean, if you're if you're a Saints fan, that's that's kind of like uh, we need to find somebody else to be at least a receiver. I mean, you got your running back for sure, but you need someone else to catch the ball. <laughs> uh, fun stat, Taysom Hill had eight rushing touchdowns. Eight rushing touchdowns. He's um, just a jack of all trades, apparently. He also had one receiving touchdown, which is baffling to me. Um <laughs> He almost had 100 yards receiving, and he had over 100. Oh, God, he had 457 yards rushing. Wow. From Taysom uh, Hill? For Taysom Hill. Interesting. And he had 928 yards throwing. He had four touchdowns and two picks. Got sacked 14 times, though. Um, but I think that was more him just running around trying yeah. to create something. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, and you take a look at their defense. Their defense wasn't bad last year either. I thought they were one of the better te- defenses to have, you know, looking at wise. Like they were really good. You know, they aver- they had 45 sacks. That's always impressive. You know, 18 interceptions. I mean, you know, they had one pick six, which is incredible. They forced seven fumbles. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, they- it, it was a good good defense. Um, and I think as Saints fans, you're still going to look at this as a, as a loss on a season because, you know, this might be the end of Drew Brees, and you had that, that dud in the playoffs. I mean, because that was an awful game. You can't sit here and say that was any anyone played good. Like, that was just an entire bad play by, by both sides of the offense and the defense. And I know, you know, Tom Brady in the playoffs is just some sort of magician. Like, he steps back in time and calls on to his former self. He probably sacrifices somebody in the locker room to play this good. Uh, but, I mean, Yeah, I except, except Tom Brady didn't play. I mean, he played good, but it was his defense that made him play good. I mean, the, I think they scored three touchdowns. Or Tom Brady threw for three touchdowns, but all three of those touchdowns were set up by turnovers by his defense in the red zone. It's like, I mean, I know there's a lot of Tom Brady is the GOAT kind of thing out there, but uh, the defense does a lot for him most of the time. Uh, so let's just stick with the Saints for right now. We'll get to Tom Brady, trust me. I'm sure <laughs> we'll have some uh, some varying opinions on Tom Brady. But if you're the Saints, where do you go at quarterback now? Do you... Do you bring back a Drew Brees who may or may not be better or worse than he was this year? Do you go to a Taysom Hill? 
and kind of open up your playbook a little bit more? Do you go Jameis Winston, or do you just say, you know what, let's roll the dice and let's get a new quarterback in uh, the draft or free agency? Well, I think I think if Drew Brees wants to come back, I think obviously you let him. Um, most accurate passer in the NFL for a reason. There's no reason he doesn't deserve the starting job. But if he does decide to step out and retire, uh, that quarterback room becomes kind of becomes kind of iffy. I don't know. I mean, you could have a quarterback camp between Hill and and Winston, but I don't know if you can necessarily trust either one of them, considering. Hill, he's more of a a running type quarterback, and I mean, yeah, he's he's decent, but I I think he's better when you mix him in occasionally, and he's not a part of the game plan all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jameis, I mean, the last time he saw the field for an entire season went thirty for thirty, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't he's know. Still working on a special for him. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know I mean I guess depends on where they pick if they want to potentially go for a quarterback I wouldn't I mean they got talent all around so I don't I wouldn't be opposed to for for the Saints to go for a quarterback but at the same time I'm not I'm not sure what they're necessarily thinking if Drew Brees retires either yeah I mean so they picked 28th in the draft for the first round and to me I look at this roster and this isn't a you know what we can get a project quarterback or something this is a this is a team that your op- your window is open now and these windows you, you don't get a possible best running back in the league in Alvin Kamara and a top 5 running back or top 5 wide receiver in Michael Thomas when he's healthy and not having attitude problems you just don't get those so your window is open now and if you you may never get a window like this again. You know, you you were you carried by Drew Brees for oh, over for sure. a decade. And, you know, unfortunately he couldn't get it done this year. He may not be able to get it done next year. He may not even be back next year. So you've really got to take a look at that locker room. Um, this is going to be a unpopular opinion. I would say you go with Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill for the simple reason that Taysom Hill is your – we're bringing him in to, to mix it up and make your defense think. As for Jameis Winston, yeah, sure, he'll throw you 30 interceptions, but he'll also throw you 30 touchdowns. Um, and it's one of those, you know, whenever – and you know, whenever he was just trying to force feed it to Evans and Godwin down in Tampa, now he's got a safety valve with Alvin Kamara. He can throw it to, uh, I believe, Cook is their tight end. Yeah, Jared Cook. Yeah, um, Jared Cook. Yeah, yeah. he's a good safety valve. Um, you know, you got two great wide receivers down there, and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not sure if he's going to be brought back this year or not. But then you got Traquan Smith, and you've got Michael Thomas. I think you roll the dice if uh, Brees doesn't come back, and you you roll a famous Jameis out there. I don't disagree, but I think he gets a year, maybe two, to prove himself down there. But if he if he doesn't perform well, and they they kind of drop off a cliff, then I think you need to go go elsewhere or even just go with Jay, or Taysom Hill. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I just I, I'm not sure what changes need to be made. I, you know, I you can run it back with the same team, the same squad you got. You add a few extra pieces. Uh, you're going to have to lose something because your cap space is non-existent. In fact, you have to get rid of people to be eligible to play this year. 
So you may have to lose a Drew Brees. You may have to lose, you know, you may have to trade a Michael Thomas or That's something tough. like that. Yeah, I mean, like, their cap situation, I know at one point was like negative 100 million. I think they'd restructured where now they're like only like negative 60 million, but you still have to find a way to free up $60 million in cap space. One, as a GM, I'm worried my, I'm going to lose my job because that, that you why? How does that happen? I understand you have an Alvin Kamara. You've got a Drew Brees. You know, you've got a Marshawn Lattimore. You've got, you know, you've got all of these great pieces. But where are you going to get the money for it now? Yeah, that's I, – I agree. I I mean, it's they, – they invested so much to try and get Drew Brees that second Super Bowl – and it hasn't worked out the last three, four years, and now they're now they're paying for it because it hasn't worked out for them. Yeah, um, and you know it's just you're still in your win now mode, which is a big thing. Um, obviously, if you win a Super Bowl, then guess what? You don't care about what happens. You you get a basket in another Super Bowl for another while, and no one's really going to matter. No one's going to really care about what what you did up to that point. You get the Super Bowl. That's all anyone's going to care about. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I Especially mean, if it's Drew Brees' final play, final game. He wins the Super Bowl. He's up on the podium. He's MVP. And he goes, I'm done. Thank you, guys. Thank you, New Orleans. I love you all. You know? And then, you know what? No one's going to care about your cap situation. No one's going to care what you do for the next decade, except for your hardcore fans, because you can still coast on that Super Bowl win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I think if Drew Brees comes back, they need to figure out, figure out a way to stay all in and get him that last second Super Bowl, but I don't know how they're going to do it with their current cap situation. It's going to be tough for them to figure out. Uh, they will be an interesting team to watch for the future uh, and kind of see what they do and how they're going to navigate these uh, tready waters. Um, at pick 28, man, I'm not sure what they need. Um, at this point, just more depth. Maybe you take a swing and refill up your offensive line. Maybe you go defensive line. Uh, maybe a linebacker here or there, you know. Um, you're, you're pretty well set on what you've got. Maybe you move that in like a bloated contract to get underneath the the floor for like a late second or something. Um, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, you know, I'm just looking at it here on their scoring. Uh, Kamara had 21 of their 59 touchdowns on yeah, the year. That's almost half. That's, yeah. <laughs> you got to um, find someone else to get the ball to. <laughs> he was actually tied for points with their kicker. And, oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Will Lutz had 126 points, and Alvin Kamara had 126. Next behind them was Taysom Hill at 54, Jared Cook at 42, Latavius Murray at 30, uh, Emmanuel Sanders at 30, Traquan Smith at 24, Drew Brees with 12, um, Josh Hill with 6, you know, so it looks like, like I said, your catalyst is Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we knew, we all knew that. Oh, yeah, no. Anyone who didn't know that, uh, you obviously didn't watch a single Saints game. And, or which you should. They are an exciting team, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, let me just take a look at the postseason stats, which this will be the most damning thing, I feel. Um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you know, Drew Brees had a 64% completion rate in two games, didn't throw for 400 yards in those two games, which is not like him. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, 
you know, Kamara had 184 rushing yards in those two games. Uh, but his receiving wasn't that great. He wasn't really noticeable. Oh Only 37 uh, receiving yards in those two games. Uh, the defense had no picks. They had no fumbles. So, the, you know, you could argue that the defense didn't step up because they only had two sacks in two games. Um, but at the same time, whenever your defense is constantly out in the field because, you know, you had one fumble on the rushing side, three three picks you had one fumble on the receiving side i mean that's you know and i think all of those turnovers except for maybe the receiving fumble i think all of those came against the buccaneers yeah uh because the bears didn't really host much of a threat against them but i still felt like they kept it closer than they probably should have yeah i i think the bears were in that game longer than they should have been and really, up until the, I think that final score of that game was 20, 21 to seven. So I mean, yeah. Really, up until like the last three minutes of the game, the Bears were still in it. Yeah. So, you know, um, and and that leads me to a point I had in here. Did the Saints underperform in the playoffs? And I think if you're a Saints fan, you're sitting there going, "Yeah, we really underperformed." Um, and whether that's just the wear of a season, the wear of COVID. Or maybe you really take a look at Sean Payton and go, okay, why did you scheme better? What were you thinking of? Were you thinking that because we beat the Bucks twice in the regular season, we can just coast past them? You don't think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady learned? I mean... Yeah, I'm not sure what what their necessary game plan was, but whatever it was, it <laughs> wasn't a good one and they did not execute. No, so, you know, like I said, Saints are going to be, to me, I think the most interesting team or one of the most interesting teams to watch in this offseason to kind of see what they do. Um, they may not even be the most interesting team in their division to watch, but let's, in my opinion, let's go to the most boring team that you're going to be watching in this offseason on what they're going to do. And the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I hate the fact that I keep doubting Tom Brady, and he keeps shoving it back in my face going, oh, you know, I, I just, he's the GOAT. I'm sorry. I, I know you're going to say it's Rodgers or somebody else. I I can't anymore. I can't say he's not the GOAT. Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play the game. Is he the most talented? No. But he is the best quarterback to have played this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, personally, he's the best game manager out there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, to win seven out of ten Super Bowls, I mean... You can't really argue with it. I don't. I respect the guy for all that he's accomplished, but boy, do I not like him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just tired of him winning at this point? I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, he's been on good teams and he's had good defenses around him. But God, I mean, God dang it, go to the Jets and win a Super Bowl, and then prove <laughs> to me that you're good. I mean, come on now. <laughs> oh man. Um. You watch after the you know his contract's done, he will go to the Jets and win the Super Bowl. Just so you had to go back on here and go, you know what? Fuck, <laughs> you know, just you know. I mean, at that point, by all means, just ride off into the sunset with your millions yeah. of millions of dollars and twelve Super Bowl rings. At that point, and, and just get out of my life, and then just go kiss your kids. Um, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady's stats this year, man: four thousand six hundred thirty-three passing yards. I. I need to take a quick look at his stats over his past few seasons 
and see when was the last time he even had a 4,000 yard passing season. Um, and I'm looking at it. Uh, wow. Okay. He's consistently throwing for 4,000 yards. The last time he didn't throw for 4,000 yard season, 2016. Before that was 2010. Before that was his injury plagued year in 2008, where he played a game. Um, yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm just underrating, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm just underrating Tom Brady and his throwing ability, but because he's, yeah. Okay. Um, he's just good. Twelve interceptions, forty touchdowns. Um, you know their their offensive line was incredible this year. They only gave up twenty two sacks. Uh, Ronald Jones had almost a thousand yards rushing, next to Brady's four thousand six hundred thirty three passing yards. Leonard Fournette had three sixty seven. Um, you know Antonio Brown had negative two rushing yards. Suck it. Um, <laughs> Got him on on two attempts. Two attempts he had uh, negative two yards. Jeez. Um, but, and then, you know, you look at the receiving yards. Mike Evans had over 1,000 receiving yards. Chris Godwin had 840. You know, the everyone called the carcass of Robert Gronkowski had 623 with seven touchdowns. Uh, Scotty Miller, your, you know, Wes Welker type wide receiver, had 501. Antonio Brown in eight games had, you know, 483. You put that in a 16-game sample size. You're looking at almost 1,000 yards there. Um I just this team found a way to get it done. Their defense was incredible. Uh, you know, 15 interceptions. They had they had 15 forced fumbles. 10 of them were recovered. Um 48 sacks. I just you know, and that's just the regular season. I feel like they even stepped it up in the postseason. And yeah, sure they kept it close against the Washington football team. But that's a credit to the Washington football team and how far they came up. Yeah. Um, I just, again, what's there to talk about this team? They're bringing everyone back. They're going to bring it back. They'll probably be another top contender, in, in my opinion, in a pretty heavyweight class at the NFC. Uh, the AFC is going to get there with the heavyweights, but the NFC is the heavyweight division right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady's got a knack for finding or being on good teams with good defenses and, as of last year, finding good teams with good defenses. And Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing really to talk about for this team. They they had a decent regular season. I mean, yeah, their two games against the the Saints were, were no picnic for them, but they they ended up turning that around, and I'm not even sure who else they lost to, but... I mean, they came back in the playoffs and they played with a vengeance against the Saints. Came into frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and squeaked out a win. Uh, okay, I'm some gonna, hurt feelings there, but I, uh, I'm going to read you their losses here, and I'm going to tell you, and I want you to tell me which one doesn't belong to the others. I'm going to read these in no particular order. So you have the two losses of the Saints. They lost five times. They had two losses to the Saints. Okay. Uh, one to Kansas City. Okay. Uh, one to the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. And one to the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that loss. Yeah, One, they, one of these teams just does not belong here. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Chicago. I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, oopsies. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
and, and their games besides the the Saints games were were close. You know, they lost twenty to nineteen to the Bears. They lost twenty seven to twenty four to the Rams. They lost twenty seven twenty four to Kansas City. Um, they lost thirty four twenty three in their first meeting to the Saints. We don't talk about Week Nine where they lost thirty eight to three, but you know. Everybody never, or nobody ridiculed Tom Brady for only scoring three points, but whatever. Um, I'm not salty. (laughs) Like I said, I I think this is going to be the most boring team in the offseason because they're just going to, except for the fact that we got to see drunk Tom Brady and him throw the Lombardi trophy from one boat to the other. I'm sorry, that was cool. Yeah, there were some unhappy people after that one. <laughs> yeah, they can suck it. Until they win as many as Tom Brady does, he could pay to go find a diver to go get the fucking Lombardi trophy. Okay? <laughs> uh, but so yeah. their odds of repeating, I mean, it's hard to repeat in the NFL. Do I think they repeat? No. I'm sure I'll look back at this in a year and go, wow, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> they pick a pick 32, just best player available. It doesn't matter. You're, you're yeah. Sp- Maybe maybe you take another wide receiver or not wide receiver another cornerback. I felt like that was maybe their weaker end, but they did pretty good against the Chiefs. So yeah, I mean you go into the Super Bowl and you hold the defending Super Bowl champions to nine points. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, so not really just, a whole lot of changes that need to be made. Just best player available. Let, I'm tired of talking about the Bucks. There's nothing to talk about with the Bucks except for the fact they won the Super Bowl. Congratulations to you. Tampa Bay is getting all the nice things this year, and you know it's <laughs> whatever. Um, do you have anything else to say about the Bucks before we move on? No, let's get out of here. I don't like them. <laughs> okay. uh, so on to the Carolina Panthers, and man, this is the team of what if this happened. Um, obviously, the big thing that hurt them was Christian McCaffrey going down. That was very unfortunate for them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they lost Cam Newton, so they had to kind of scramble to figure out who their quarterback was going to be. They got Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they went 5-11, and so not a terrible season for not having your star player, not having a, a quarterback in the system, a new coach and everything. Uh, so let's just take a look at the underlying stats here. Um, they gave up 36 sacks, so about average for the league. Uh, they only scored 16 touchdowns passing um, and 19 rushing. Uh, you know, so that maybe that's something you need to look at there. Uh, DJ Moore had almost 1,200 yards receiving. Um, and then behind him was Robbie Anderson at almost 1,100. And then you figure if Christian McCaffrey plays more than three games, like this is a team that's probably looking at a different story. And maybe it changes the whole outcome of the playoffs where maybe they challenge a little bit more on the uh, Bucks. Maybe they miss because of different reasons or something. Um, but this is a big years of what-ifs for them. Um, I thought Teddy Bridgewater did really good. I know some people would argue against that. He had a 69.1 percentage completion rating, like I said, 3,733 yards, 15 touchdowns. The 11 interceptions is a little, little too, you know, the ratio isn't the best there. Um, but then you're looking at what he did rushing-wise. He didn't really do a whole lot rushing-wise. He only had 279 yards. Uh, but he's not a mobile quarterback. He's one of those game clock managers, and he does it very well. So... Yeah. Go on. Uh, yeah, I I think a lot of it had to do with it was just Teddy Bridgewater's first year in Carolina and learning a whole new system, learning what their what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then their 
their biggest strength got taken out like four games in. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that'll that definitely hurt a learning quarterback. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, I think he performed really well. I mean, you throw for 3,700 yards. I mean, 15 touchdowns, a little low, but that's not terrible. And then 11 interceptions, that's – that's probably, if I had to guess, that's probably on average for the league, around yeah. 11-ish, 10-ish. The, the, the ratio isn't great, but it's because the touchdowns are, in my opinion, yeah. pretty low. But a lot of the times it's, you know, you didn't have your main star in Christian McCaffrey. You had him three games, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I thought it was, I forget what injury Christian McCaffrey had, but I know there was talks of him coming back at one point. I thought it was a good idea that they didn't uh, bring him back, you know, because that's just, one guy you don't want to have injuries compound against, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. But, I mean, looking at stats here, I mean, this first team I've seen so far that's had two 1,000-yard receivers. So, I mean, I, I, they they got playmakers. They just, I think their main playmaker kind of ruined the game plan for them a little bit going on in the season, and that's what – that's what really hurt him. I mean, you, know, you, you you put a Christian McCaffrey in any lineup, I mean, a team's going to score at least, it seems like, 14 more points a game. I mean, and so dangerous. I mean, you take a look at their schedule, you know, they lost by four to Vegas in the first week. So, you know, they lost their first two games with McCaffrey. Then they beat the Chargers. They beat the Cardinals after McCaffrey's gone. They beat the Falcons after McCaffrey's gone. They lose by seven to Chicago. They lose by three to New Orleans. Lose by eight to Atlanta. Lose by two to Kansas City. Two to Kansas City without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you get blown out of the water by Tampa Bay, 46-23. You shut out Detroit. You lose by one to Minnesota, ten to Denver. You lose by eight to the Packers, and you get blown out of the water by the Saints. You add a Christian McCaffrey into those games, I, I'd you argue win. say this team goes 11-5 and five instead of 5-11. and 11. I'd almost say 12-4. and four. You know, um, and, and that's just because that's the type of caliber Christian McCaffrey is. Um, he is a game changer. He is probably – take your pick on whether you want Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. They're both McCaffrey. in the same – I mean, you know, it's <laughs> they're, they're both game changers. They both change your game. I guarantee you if McCaffrey has a full season, uh, he has more than Mike Davis' 642 rushing yards. In fact, in three games, he had 225. I think Mike he Davis, doubles that. <laughs> while Mike Davis in 15 had 642. Um, so – you know, let's just say, let's just go and take a look at his, uh, McCaffrey stats here real quick. Let's say, you know, rushing wise, he goes with his lowest season, where he played a full thing, which was 435, uh, which that was his rookie year. But then you say, oh, the next year he goes for almost 1100, and then 1387. So you saw a progression, and then this year was injured. I bet next year. I mean, we're looking at comeback player of the year. I mean, he received 651 his first year, 867, over 1,000 yards receiving last year. I mean, like I said, this is – when we talked about Alvin Kamara being the guy in New Orleans, Christian McCaffrey's the guy in Carolina that that offense runs through. Yeah, I don't I don't see him not being comeback player of the year next year. There's just – he's just too good unless he gets hurt again to not be comeback player of the year. No, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, so I, I saw a lot of question marks about, you know, will K- 
Carolina move on from Teddy Bridgewater? You know, do they get a new QB? They pick eighth in the draft. They would talked about trading up with Miami at three, or even possibly with the Jets at two, or there, you know, there's a couple different options they could go with. I'm under the personal opinion. I don't think you trade up. I think you, if you want a quarterback, there's going to be plenty available at eight uh, that you could choose from. Unless there's like one guy you're targeting to go get. But Teddy Bridgewater's is just a good option as well. I don't really see the need to move on from him. Yeah, I don't. If I'm if I'm the Carolina Panthers and I'm a fan of them, I don't want them to move on from Teddy Bridgewater for at least another year. I think he needs Christian McCaffrey for a full year, and and then we'll see what that does. Because I mean, McCaffrey, he can that dude, like we've been saying, is a game changer. So I think I think if you give him give McCaffrey to Bridgewater for a year, I bet you they go ten and six at worst. Yeah, you know, and so you know maybe at eight, maybe you go defense. Like this is the team that last year that went all defense in their draft, and I applaud that. You know, you realized defense was our weakness. Let's fix it entirely. Uh, you know, maybe maybe pick an offensive line. You know, Penny Sewell might be available at eight. If not, there's going to be plenty of defensive options. I'm looking at their interceptions. Um, their top cornerback had three, and then you had a safety with one, a linebacker with one, two other safeties with one, and then no one else had an interception. Ooh. So. Yeah. Uh, they might they might want to focus on that defensive side of the ball, you know. But their pass deflections were really good, at you know, and and the same token, uh, the same guy that three interceptions had eleven pass deflections. Uh, the guy below who had zero interceptions had nine pass deflections. So I mean, they were a good team. Uh, their sacks, you know, they had a pretty good defensive line. Um, you know, they had twenty nine sacks, which is pretty good. One guy had nine, and that was Brian Burns. Uh, I thought he was a great pickup them in the draft um so it's going to be kind of hard to see what you want them to go with uh i'm under the opinion of they either need to go offensive line or maybe a corner but or maybe you grab another uh linebacker here or there but i don't think you need to go offense because unless you're going offensive line because you've got two stud wide receivers maybe you go tight end but tight end is a dime of the dozen you don't take the eighth overall pick and make that into a tight end uh, just in my personal opinion. Yeah, I don't. I think. Yeah, I think defense and/or offensive line is what they need to go for in the first round. And I mean, defense probably primarily the cornerback of the safety position. So, um, you know, and you know, yeah, it's like I said earlier. Health and Christian McCaffrey changes this team, but the thirty-six sacks, like I said, that's about average. You know, a penny stool changes that. I don't know what their left tackle situation is like. I'm not a big Panthers fan. I could talk to some Panthers fans about it, but I think they're still upset by the fact they didn't have McCaffrey. And then this division with a McCaffrey in it, that's a three-way fight because the next team we'll talk about, I've got some very strong opinions about. Um, but <laughs> you know. Like I said, I think this team is a lot better than what the record showed. I think, you know, barring injuries, this is a good team. This is a good playoff team. It's going to be a hard team to play against and a hard team to scheme against. So, you know, hats off to the Carolina fans, and I hope you guys had a better year this year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I 
going into the season when the schedule was released, me as a Packers fan, I dreaded the Carolina game because I knew Christian McCaffrey. I was like, well, <laughs> we don't have a very good defense. What are we going to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, and, and I feel like that's how a lot of the teams are. It's not, I guess, necessarily not teams, but fans of teams. It's like, oh, boy, we play the Panthers this year? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, we're either going to spank them or we're going to get spanked. Like, that's the, I felt like that was the trend with Carolina. Anytime you see them, you go, ooh, um, yeah, they got a Christian McCaffrey. I'd love to have one of those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you get a Christian McCaffrey and and you get him on a good day. Good luck to the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, and, and as a defensive coordinator, how can you plan to stop a Christian McCaffrey? And the simple answer is you can't. Yeah, um, I mean, you can try and try and try, but it all it all comes down to execution from your defensive front, and a lot of the times that dude's just too fast and evasive, and he'll he'll say see ya and wave at you as he runs by you. Yeah. Or I'll go do a uh, another Amazon commercial where he's talking about how he can flip over people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, do you have any other lasting thoughts on the uh, the Panthers here? Uh, not not too much. I just I think overall for the for the circumstances, I think I think Teddy Bridgewater played well. He could have played better, yes, but for a new system, learning it all over or learning it for the first time, I think he played really well. Uh, the receivers they did they did a good job. I mean, you got two thousand two one thousand yard receivers. Uh, I I think I think you're good in the receiving core. I think I don't think there's any issues there. I don't think there's really any issues besides maybe a couple offensive linemen on the offense. And then I think you need to just bolster your secondary a little bit in this draft. And yeah. then I think they can be easily a playoff team next year. Oh, for sure. I, I think if they had Christian McCaffrey. Last year, I bet you they're in the playoffs over the Bears. Easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts. I thought I thought Carolina got the, uh, you know, they, they win the injury bowl for just not having the best player in football or one of the best players in football uh, that isn't a quarterback. Um, and it sucks for them. But hopefully he comes back next year and, you know, the what-if year is gone and then maybe Teddy Bridgewater settles down a little bit more. Um, sure, you want to get your quarterback of the future, but at eight, is he really going to be available? And I feel like Teddy Bridgewater has been one of the guys we talk about who's been playing for years, um, but I'm just looking it up. He's only 28, so he can give you a good more years. You don't need to have, you know, a top five, you know, and they've been talking about maybe getting a Deshaun Watson. I, I, I forgot about these here, these trade rumors. Um yeah, that wouldn't be a bad pickup, but I mean, if you can get a Deshaun Watson, get yourself a Deshaun Watson. Oh but, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But don't give up like a Christian McCaffrey for said Deshaun Watson no, because oh, I've heard no. I've heard that rumor. No. I think if McCaffrey you're trading for... Christian McCaffrey, you're getting Deshaun Watson plus, and that's how high yeah. I value a Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I think Christian McCaffrey, he's just too good to and too. Yeah, I mean, he's just too good to be valued at a low just for – I mean, Deshaun Watson's good, but uh, – <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the not running backs – Not just for backs, Christian McCaffrey. You, you look at the running backs of this draft, and you hope they turn to a Christian McCaffrey or a Derrick Henry or an Alvin Kamara. That's what you hope oh, yeah. they turn into. Yeah, you for know? sure. Um, 
So, but no, I, I think I think another defense draft is what they need here. I think you keep Teddy Bridgewater unless you can go get yourself a Deshaun Watson. I I don't have much else. Um, you know that isn't like a haha funny comment. Um, you know about the. You know, I don't know what the cap situation is like this year, but maybe go pick up a few pieces in free agency. I'm always all about those nice core depth pieces that aren't the sexy big splash because I don't think they need the big sexy splashes. Um, as I'm reading this, I just saw that Kyle Van Noy's been released by the Dolphins. Um, after a, yep, one year uh, after signing a four-year deal. Interesting. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to read more into that. Maybe we'll talk about that next episode. Uh, so let's talk about the team that came in last year in the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, boy. Atlanta Falcons fans, I feel for you. I don't. Oh, my goodness. I don't, man. I, I do. I mean, <laughs> you, you blow three leads throughout the season, and you set an NFL record for blowing like i think it was like 15 point leads or something like that i mean that's just crazy that, Listen, that shouldn't happen their coach and their gm should have been fired before the season even started and the fact that it took that many blown leads to get to that point i mean that's that's bad on ownership there yeah i mean and let's not, not even wrong. talk about the julio jones saga that they were talking about where you know is he playing? Is he not playing? What's he hurt with? Is he? Are we going to trade him now? I mean, come on. Yeah. What's I mean, going okay. on with this team? Um, so let's go over the positives here. Matt Ryan had 4,581 yards. Uh, Todd Gurley was your highest rusher with 678. You guys really need a running back. Um, Calvin Ridley had 1,374 receptions. Uh, your defense was meh at best. You gave up 41 sacks, so that offensive line needs to be worked on as well. Hey, you pick uh, fourth. There's a Penny Sewell potentially available. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, you know, you lost 257 yards on sacks. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you only had 1532 in rushing. And that's with a Todd Gurley who had arthritis in his knee, getting you almost 700. Uh, Brian Hill, who I've, I'll be honest, I've never heard of, got you almost 500. Ito Smith had almost 300. Matt Ryan was your fourth highest at 92. And then you go to the receivers here who had nine yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, not, a, uh, not a good rushing attack. But, you know, again, uh, you got Matt Ryan, though, so you can just throw the ball. Calvin Ridley, 1374. Russell Gage, 786. Julio Jones, who had played nine games. Nine, had 771. Hayden Hirsch, your tight end that you picked up, had 571. I'm not even going to try and say in that name. Olamide Zacchaeus had 274. Uh, yeah, Zacchaeus, but I don't know how to say his first name. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, so. But then you look at their defense. Yeah. Um, you know, interception-wise, they had 12. That's pretty good. Your pass deflections were 51. You know, they had 29 sacks, so maybe you can up their sacks a little bit. Um, you know, they had 17 forced fumbles, only recovered nine of them. Um, the opinion I have is not one that Falcons fans are going to want to hear, but I'll let you talk positively first before I bring in the doom and gloom. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's really not a whole lot of positives. You guys, they went four and twelve. That's 
not great. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan, he still threw for 4,500 yards. That's that's pretty decent. He threw for 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, I've seen worse. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure why they went out and got Todd Gurley. I think they could have maybe got somebody in the draft and or just developed somebody like a Brian Hill. Um, I, I just I just don't think Todd Gurley was a good acquisition. But, uh, you know, we're sitting here doing this podcast and they're they're making decisions for a reason. Yeah. So, uh, but I think if you're if you're Calvin Ridley, you you realize, I mean, uh, he's a stud receiver. Um, you get Julio Jones in there. I mean, that that opens up the floodgates for either one of those guys. And even even Russell Gage, uh, he's he emerged as a solid, solid number three receiver. Um so I mean, yeah, you get Calvin, you get Julio, and then a lot of the attention goes to those two guys, and then you got Russell Gage standing in the middle of the field, wide open, waving his arms like, "Throw me the ball, I'm open, I'm open." <laughs> you know, it's a lot of attention gets drawn to those two guys. So, I mean, I think I think your receiving core is is okay. I don't I don't think there really needs to be any any changes there. Maybe you get another receiver just to be the number four in case a Julio goes down. Because um, looking at it, I'm not really seeing that they have a true number four. Maybe Zacchaeus, but uh, he didn't perform too well. But yeah, I, I think I think on the defensive side of things, I think they just need to. I think they need some cornerbacks. Because um, I mean, your offense can score, as it's been shown, but your defense will also give those exact same scores up. So I mean, it's. I think you need to really focus on the defensive backs and the the linebacking core in the draft and and in free agency, and then just see where you can go from there. Uh, you ready to hear my what I think they need to do? Yeah, I'm ready to get a good laugh in today. <laughs> they need to blow it up entirely. <laughs> I'm talking. You trade Julio. You trade Matt Ryan. And the only person I think you really consider keeping is Calvin Ridley. Unless oh you get goodness. a crazy, oh my god, offer for Calvin Ridley. I I truly think that's what you need. You need to tear this down. You guys were so close to getting into the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, and then you blew a 28-3 lead. That's bad coaching. But Yeah, I mean, up until at the 28-3 point, you're like, man, they're coaching a great game. And then it just went blew up in their face. Yeah, and, you know, but, but now it's been... How many years since the 28-3? I think it was in 2016, so four. This will Uh, be the fifth year. Yeah. And they haven't gotten close to that point since. Blow it up. Julio Jones is 32. You know. I wouldn't want him on my team. Matt Matt Ryan's. not going to lie. Matt Ryan's 35. You know. Your window has shut. It is gone. It is done. So. I'm not. I'm not sure there's another opportunity for Matt Ryan, even if he does get traded to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only other team that would have made sense for him, me to, where he would have possibly succeeded would have been Indianapolis. But, hey, they got themselves a Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, it, your, your window's done. Maybe you, if you can hold on to and do a quick rebuild, you know, Calvin Ridley's only 26. But you know what it really accelerates a, a really good rebuild? Blowing it up internally. Just, I know you got that brand new fancy stadium. You got to get people in there, 
blow it up. I'm talking yeah. nuclear warhead that <laughs> your roster. Because you know what's going to be great? If you get like six first round picks in the next two years or three years. You know how quickly that's going to boost up? You know, you have the fourth overall pick this year. You know, how many op- you, you know your options are limitless at fourth overall. Besides, unless you want a Trevor Lawrence. But even then, I'm pretty sure if you call up the Jags and go, hey, we'll offer you the fourth overall pick and a Calvin Ridley or and or a Julio Jones, I mean, mm. at fourth overall, you could take a Zach Wilson. He's not as good as Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. You know, and to me, if I'm Atlanta, I'm taking Justin Fields because, hey, he's an Atlanta boy. He's going to put – he's going to have that pride in his chest to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I'm not so sure I agree with the blow it up mentality. I mean, they, they got a good team around him on offense, but it's just – they need pieces on defense. And I think Matt Ryan is still a perfectly capable quarterback to get them to the playoffs, to get them to another Super Bowl. But they need they need the, the defensive help. And it's I, I feel like that for a lot of other teams in the NFL. I mean, Matt Ryan, I mean, he threw for 4,500 yards. That's, that's really good. Yeah, that's and, impressive. But, I mean, the 26 touchdowns, they were lacking a little bit. He, he can do better. And the 11 interceptions – about right on average for the NFL. And 41 sacks is unacceptable by that offensive line, though. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the only, other than potentially going for a running back like maybe an Aaron Jones, who's a free agent this year, um, I, I think that the offensive line needs to be touched on and, and the running back. But, I mean, Brian Hill, I think, I think if you start Brian Hill instead of Todd Gurley, I think Brian Hill could potentially be a really good running back because he had 100 attempts and 465 yards. I mean, that's only 95 attempts less and just under 200 yards less than what Gurley had. So I think if you give Brian Hill the lead role, he can do a lot better than what Gurley did. I just – I sit here and I look at it, and eventually what I see this team becoming is an 8-8 team. You're not going to get better as an 8-8 team. You just can't. You know, I, I feel like eight and eight is probably what at best they could do. Because yeah, sure, you've got Calvin Ridley, you got a Julio Jones. A lot of people now have two really good solid corners. You know, and because they're not going to be stacking the box, you what? Uh, you're going to send out Todd Gurley again? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't scare me as a person. You're not going to take a fourth overall chance on a running back. And if I remember correctly, I think they only have the one pick in the first round. Yeah, I think Uh, you're right. You know, so to me, at fourth overall, your options are either you go best defensive player available, you go Penny Sewell, or you go Justin Fields. See, I mean, yeah, I I don't disagree with, I don't disagree with those first two. I, I think, I don't think you go away from Matt Ryan yet. I still think he's got good years left in him. If he's got a good offensive line. So I think you go Penny Sewell or however you say his name. I, I butchered that, I think. But, yeah, I, th- I think you go offensive line and then focus on – so maybe first two rounds go offensive line, but then your later rounds you focus on defense. And, I don't know, I guess maybe give Todd Gurley another shot. But 
I, I think if you don't get Matt Ryan sacked 41 times in a season, he throws for maybe 5,000 yards and 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I mean, I mean, I know the touchdowns aren't up there, but you throw for 5,000 yards, that's a damn good season right there. Um, I just, to me, you know what is a great way to have a, uh, a fresh young QB learn? Yeah, you draft him fourth overall, and you have him sit behind Matt Ryan. Yeah, but I, I know you're a little salty <laughs> about that opinion right now, Jordan. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, it, I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to turn to the next Aaron Rodgers, but it worked for him. I mean, yes, but I also wasn't necessarily paying attention to the Green Bay Packers at the time <laughs> that. Aaron Rodgers was drafted mainly because I was five and I can't necessarily <laughs> remember it. But yeah. um, I mean, it, and it's worked out. It has, but in that situation, I mean, yeah. See, I think it. I think it could potentially work out more for Jordan Love than for maybe say a Justin Fields, unless he's got just that raw talent. Because Aaron Rodgers is just such a great, athletic, smart quarterback that he can learn just so much from i mean i think if jordan love comes out of green bay in three to four years and he doesn't perform well in the nfl i'd be shocked even if it's not for green bay i'd be shocked well i mean that's a that's a pretty good assessment um i still think that this is going to be it this this offseason is going to really depend on how their franchise is going to look for the next decade in my opinion and you can't mess this up because if you do, you're going to be back to the dead birds era again. And that's not something you want. You don't want pre-Matt Ryan era Falcons again. You know, that that era between Vic and uh, Ryan. Because that's yeah. how you lose fans and fast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what they do. But I think... I think our opinions kind of, for the first time, this podcast differ on what they need to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I just, to me, it's been it's been almost five years now since you went to the Super Bowl. Your core is not getting any younger, but you can make it younger by blowing it up. And I also see the reason for not blowing it up. Don't get me wrong. I totally see, you know what? Well, let's just stack up on defense and let's roll this out there again. Because, you know, the Julio Jones was an anomaly. Very rarely is it two people in the same division and Michael Thomas and Julio Jones who are viewed as top five wide receivers in the game are not top 20 wide receivers in the game. Yeah. That hurt a lot of people's fantasies this year. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. You know, so so maybe maybe it's a fluke here. Maybe I'm overreacting on the blow it up, but to me, I just I take a look at it and go, nope this this is what needs to happen. Well, I guess I mean the only thing that will tell us what we need is time. Exactly, and and Father Time is undefeated unless it's Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> so let's go into our grading segments for. Uh, yeah, the review on the years. Um, I'll let you start off. Uh, what did you think about the Saints? What grade would you give them for 2020? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I would probably give the Saints a C- minus, or a C+. C+. And I say that because 
they spent the last few years selling out to get the best players on offense, to get good defensive players, to get Drew Brees that elusive second Super Bowl, and they keep blowing it up in the playoffs. They keep screwing up. They keep playing poorly in games where they really shouldn't be playing poorly. And I, I think that they should have been in the NFC Championship game. I don't think they would have won if they went to Green Bay, but that's another timeline, another future. or a, yeah, yeah, you know. But I, I can't really see myself giving them anything better than a C because of their cap situation, or a C plus, because of their cap situation, and with what all they have done the last few years to try and get over the hump and get into the Super Bowl again for the first time since 2011, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this season will be 10 years since they made it and won the Super Bowl. But Whoa, which is hey, your 2011? I, th- uh, I think so. I think that was what. Because Packer, Packers won in the 2010 season 2011 year. Uh, they won 2010. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. Oh, Giants was 2011. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, you sure about that one? Yes, because the Packers went 15 and one, and got and lost to the Giants in the divisional round. Trust me, I remember. Okay, I, I'm gonna trust you on this one. Uh, At least I, I think. Because <laughs> now, now I'm just Wikipediaing list of Super Bowl winners. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, 2010 was the Saints. 2011 was the uh, the Packers. No, wait. No, tw- 2009, 2010 season was the Saints. 2010 to 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the 2011 to 2012 season was the Giants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. So we got that all sorted yeah, out. No, <laughs> uh, so for the Saints, I give them a C, just a flat out C. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the plus and minuses unless. You were either really good or really bad. Um, I give them a C. I thought I, I, another year of you kicking the can down a road, and I, I hate to say wasting, but you wasted another, and potentially the last year of Drew Brees. Um, and so, you know, that's I don't really know how any other way way to put it. Um, so I'm giving them a C. There you go. That's uh, fair. So on to the Bucks. You can start with stupid Tampa Bay. You win the Super Bowl, you get an A+. Plus. I, it doesn't have to be self, any more explanatory than that. You, you win the trophy, you're the best team in the football, you get the best grade. I'm going to give him an A. I'm not a fan of that plus and minus <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, but did you just give them a C- minus in the Saints? No, I gave him a C+. Plus. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean, yeah, it's an A+, plus for the Bucks. I, I hate to say it, but... you. It's it's essentially you win the Super Bowl, you get the trophy, you get the best grade. Uh, I mean, this is nothing really to touch on. Really, they got a good offense, they got a good defense. Just gonna see what what Chris Godwin decides to do in free agency. And from what I've heard, he wants to stay in Tampa Bay to play, and he'll do it for what I've heard is significantly less money. So, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, what helps benefit your cut of salary is Super Bowl wins and add. Add deals. Yeah. Um, so on to the Panthers. Uh, I gave them a B. 
uh, for the simple fact that if you can do that good without Christian McCaffrey, I think you can do really good with a Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to give him a B, too. And it's, it's pretty rare to give a 5-11 and 11 team a B for the season. But my main reason is is because Teddy Bridgewater, he played well. And he threw the ball well. He made relatively smart decisions. And based on their schedule and the way they lost their games, they should not have lost some of their games. I mean, they lost a lot of them by field goal margins or touchdown margins. And that's just one mistake or one stop away from winning the game. So I think yeah. I think overall they, they they were a decent team all season. And, yeah, Christian McCaffrey would have just easily put them over the hump, and they probably would have been a 10-6 team this season and yeah so i think i think next year it'll be much better for him if christian mccaffrey can stay healthy um yeah i think i think a b is a fair grade for this team they did they had their ups and downs but i feel like it was more of a promising start for teddy bridgewater in carolina than it was a bad start i mean yeah the record didn't prove that they were good but but their stats show otherwise. Yeah, and again, if you lose the best one of the best players in football, then I think you're given a little bit of leeway there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so on to the Falcons. Chris, what grade do you give them? I won't be so harsh. I'll give them a, a D. Um, you guys need to learn how to close out games. That's just plain and simple. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. Twenty to three, the first five games this year. Yeah, um, I mean it was just atrocious. I mean, you, you want to make records in the NFL, but you don't want to make records that the Atlanta Falcons made. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just better. You need a better defense and some better pieces on the offensive line. I, I like like we were talking about. I think I think Penesul is a decent fourth overall pick decent <laughs> one <laughs> okay, of the best he, offensive tackles to come out of uh, college in years and he's just decent he, he would be a good acquisition for that team but um yeah I, I think i think if you get him and then you focus on the defense the rest of the ja- draft maybe a sleeper running back um but but then again, I think they could still go after Aaron Jones. I don't want him to leave Green Bay, but uh, he's a good running back. So I think I think there's a potential that he does leave. Um, and I think the Falcons would be a good fit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think a D is fair and maybe a little bit too generous with how their season played out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, for me, I have down here written down a grade of nuclear warhead. Uh, for blowing it up, uh, but That's if I great. but if I can't give them a nuclear warhead for a grade, then I'm giving them F for Falcons. Um, Oof, I just That's big tough. So let's go to uh, the final segment here of positive and negatives before we sign off here for the week. Um, positive for the Saints, you know, you, you did pretty good about a really Michael Thomas. That's really impressive. Uh, negatives. You did really bad in the playoffs <laughs> and potentially don't have a Drew Brees anymore. Yeah, I'd say the positives are they went 12-4 and four when they had no Michael Thomas for, um, I don't know, I can't do math, a lot of the games of the season. <laughs> Uh, and then you, and then Drew Brees, he also had an injury and I think came back one game too early, but you went with Taysom Hill. I mean, they went undefeated with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback, I think, right? 
Uh, yeah, I think so, actually. Um, if not, they lost one game with Taysom starting at quarterback. Either way, um, I, I, I think they, I think they did really well with, without some of the pieces at points during the season. But yeah, I, they just need to figure out how to get it done in the playoffs. They, <laughs> the last four years, I mean, it's just been. If you're a Saints fan, you just don't want to make the playoffs because you'll just get heartbroken. I mean, yeah, that's just awful. Uh, so now onto the Bucks plus and minus uh, or positive negative, whichever one you want to call it. Um, obviously a positive, you won the Super Bowl. Um, and a negative is uh, you didn't wear the creamsicle jerseys this year because that's the only negative I can think of. Mm. Yeah, congrats, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I say, You can skip it because I, I know your feelings about the, the Bucks, and I know uh, a lot of people here probably think uh, the same way I do of you just really hate Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like him, but I don't get me wrong. I respect everything he's been able to accomplish, but, oh, man, I just hate the guy. He just wins so much. and it, It's it's not a knock on Tom Brady himself. It's just it seems like no matter what, Tom Brady just seems to win, and I, I don't understand because it's wherever he goes, they put a supporting cast around him, but as a Packers fan, they won't do nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. And that might be a little bit on Rodgers. He might be taking. He might be. He might have too big of a contract, and he might need to to restructure it, take less money. Like, and I, I'm a firm believer of this. If you want to take, if you want to win the Super Bowl, take less money and let the team get more pieces around you. But I don't know. Tom Brady. He's just. He's perfected that all his career. He's he's one of those quarterbacks who never takes those big contracts and. Uh, yeah, so congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a plus for you guys. Uh, your minus, I don't know. Just don't screw it up next year. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the Panthers, uh, positive and negative. Uh, positive, you had a really good season without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you addressed what I felt like you needed to on the defensive side. And low-key, some of the best jerseys in football. Mm. <laughs> Dude, th- th- those home blacks are pretty sweet, and then they're they're blue. You know the blue alternates. Come on, I, I think the best jerseys in football, to be honest, are the um, light blue Tennessee jerseys. Really? Uh, yeah, I really like those. Okay. Personally, Again, or 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 the black and red Cardinal jerseys. I like those too. Yeah, we're, we're going to sit down. Like, I know we talked about this last week. We're going to sit down and make an episode of just ranking jerseys because I would love to see some of our paint. We'll, we'll just go through Madden and just go through the preset. Um, <laughs> but I love jerseys. I could talk. I could spend episodes talking about jerseys. Oh, for uh, sure. Uh, the negatives for the Panthers, um, your running game without Christian McCaffrey really shows that why you need Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so maybe a backup would be a good thing to find. Uh, maybe Miles Davis is a backup. Maybe couldn't handle being the full load of being him. Um, your your negative fifty two differential still shows to me that you either a need to work more on your offense, and I know that's hard to do without Christian McCaffrey, or b you need to invest more in your defense to help a Christian McCaffrey in that situation. Uh, but that's my only negative. I again, it's weird that we look at a five and eleven team and we go, there's not a whole lot of negatives here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, for my positive, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he played really well for his first season in Carolina. 
and he just got screwed over by McCaffrey getting hurt. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think if they have a solid team without a whole lot of injuries, they could go ten and six, eleven and five. But I mean, yeah, because they the negative fifty two point differential is not terrible when you're a five and eleven team. I mean, you go back and look at their schedule. I mean, there was games where they probably could have and or should have won pending mistakes or turnovers and I'm not really 100% sure because I didn't I didn't watch any Carolina Panthers games this year but but just by looking at it I mean there were close games and the, there was a chance obviously that they could have been won yeah. um, but I I do think that uh, the defense is a need to get or a, a need to get in the draft um, and maybe an offensive lineman or two but I think they need to really focus on their defense. And, and I, if they do that, I think that they can be a contender not only in the division but in the NFC. Yeah. Um, and so finally we go down to the Falcons with the positive and negative. Um, you know what? I'll actually give some decent positives here. Um, I think the moving on from the head coach and the GM is the best decision you could possibly make. Um I think that will go quite a long ways in your development for, you know, your future of your franchise. Um, as for other positives, I mean, the team still really competed even after going down 0-5 after those losses. So props to them for that. And it's just going to be now seeing what they do in a year uh, a year after where there's going to be hardly any expectations on them. And I guess other positives, I love the jerseys, love the stadium. Um, and as for <laughs> negatives, yeah, that, that, those five losses, I know that's going to get beat to death by a lot of people. That is bad. And that's going to be looked at as which one's worse, the blowing those leads those entire times or blowing 28 to three of the Super Bowl, And you have to live with that for the rest of your franchise. Well, I mean, it's obviously going to be blowing the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. You're up 25 points in the Super Bowl with mid-third quarter. It's almost guaranteed a win unless you're playing, I guess, Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it is so, what it is. Uh, uh, and your positives and negatives, Chris? Uh, my I, my positives is uh, Matt Ryan, he played well. Uh, Calvin Ridley, he stepped up. Um, Russell Gage, he stepped up when he needed to even. But um, yeah, I think I think if they focus a little bit on defense in this draft, they'll be they'll be set for next year. But my negative for sure is gonna be just hold on to a lead. I mean, it's not that hard. If you're if you're up twenty five points, if you're up fifteen points, if you're up fourteen points, you just gotta play decent defense. Hold them to field goals. I mean. Get your yeah, offense back on the break. field to drain. Yeah, just, I mean, get your offense back out there so they can drain clock and potentially get equal that field goal again. I mean, oh, man, it was brutal. It was brutal watching the Falcons this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of gr- room for improvement, but we'll, we'll, have to, we'll just have to see what, what they end up doing with it. And hopefully they can get back to playoff caliber team, but – I don't think it'll happen next year. It may take two years or so. Yeah, so um, it'll be interesting to see again. Um, this division is either always really competitive or it is absolute, uh, you know, dog shit. And there's no real other way to put it. Um, 
So I, I guess that's going to be the end for our review on the uh, NFC South 2020. Um, Chris, do you have any final remarks before we close out this chapter of the NFC South? I'm just glad I don't have to talk about Tampa Bay anymore until we get to Green Bay. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. We don't. And uh, with that, I will say thank you guys for listening to our episode two of the NFC South, where we talked about. And uh, tune in next week as we talk about the NFC North minus the Green Bay Packers. We are saving the Packers and the Dolphins for their own special things because we can do a deep dive on them because that's our passion. And tune in next week as we do that. And until then, thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Peace.